Hey everyone, it is Monday, February 15th, 2021, and you're listening to an episode of the Charge or Die podcast. Uh, here on Charge or Die, you know, we're talking about electric cars, plug-in hybrids, regular hybrids, you know, the things, the transportation items that are going to have us charging toward a green future. And on today's episode, uh, we're talking about one bit of news, which is the all-new Chevrolet Bolt and Chevrolet Bolt EUV, uh, both of which were announced yesterday on Valentine's Day. Um, lots of detail, I think, is the kind of surprising thing that came out of this announcement uh, from Chevrolet. Um, before we get to all that, though, hey, guys, uh, we do this podcast on a wide variety of podcasting platforms, including including uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so much more. So if you like what you hear, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You uh, want to share it with folks? Hey, that's a cool thing to do. Uh, if you also want to keep up with me, you can do that on Twitter at twitter.com slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. It's pronounced Iceman, Y-S-S-M-A-N. And uh, yeah, you can follow along with episodes of this show at anchor.fm slash charge or die. News though, Chevrolet Bolt, Valentine's Day, right in the middle of the Daytona 500. Uh, they pulled the wraps off their two new electric cars. Uh, and... I think they're pretty much exactly what we thought they would be. Um, there seemed to be some pretty clear inclinations early on that they were based on the Buick Elite, uh, Velite, sorry, 7, uh, which is sold in China. Uh, the Velite 7 is kind of an upgrade of the current Bolt uh, with some Buickifications of the interior and exterior. Uh, this new Bolt and Bolt EUV is largely a Chevyvification of the Velite 7 um, and brings the car kind of into the modern Chevrolet uh, look and feel. So if you've been in a new uh, Trailblazer or Blazer or if you've seen the updated uh, Equinox or Traverse, um, you've got a pretty good idea of what's going on here. Chevrolet uh, really ramped up the attention to detail on the overall interior look. Um, it's much more Modern, I guess is the word I've used, less kitschy uh, than the outgoing Bolt, where it's got that weird little shifter and it's got the weird plastic bits on the dash with the, you know, green, in air quotes, uh, design look to it. Uh, it looks like it's got a much nicer, higher quality looking uh, fit and finish to the inside. You know, we'll have to see once we are able to get up close to it. Um, but overall, you know, I think the car looks very modern and approachable and normal uh, compared to the outgoing one. Uh, the only really new weird thing that I think folks are going to have to get used to in the new Bolt in EUV uh, is a push-button gear selector, uh, kind of like what you see uh, in Hondas and Acuras these days. Um, but, you know, I think with a little bit of use, I think a lot of people will get used to it pretty quickly. The exterior, however, is a little bit of a departure from the outgoing car. Uh, the current Bolt uh, is, what, they came out in, what, 2016, 17? So it's got a design language that was kind of based in that mid-2000s uh, futurism. So it's really angular, kind of angry looking. Um, but it's got some weird, like, flat color elements to it. Uh, the Bolt design language hasn't aged particularly well and this newest iteration of the bolt in EUV um, seemed to kind of be a little bit of a stopgap design once again uh, so this will probably be the start of where Chevrolet is going to start going as the Ultium battery electric vehicles start to roll out um, the front end is basically flush there's no 
grill in air quotes like there is uh on a regular gasoline car um think of like kind of like the mustang uh mach e front end where it looks like a car you'd recognize um but with no grill and then it kind of has like this weird little mustache outline on the outside of the bolt um kind of grill that gives it you know typical car-ish looks um the headlights kind of swoop uh, from kind of midway down the front of the vehicle up towards the top um, really kind of reminds me in a weird way of the previous generation Escalade and how the lights kind of go up and swoop back. Um, overall, I would describe the exterior of the, at least the Bolt as very familiar. It's very warmed over uh, compared to the current car versus the EUV, which I think has a little bit more of a refined overall appearance. And it really seems to me that Chevrolet invested a lot of time and energy in the design of that vehicle, the EUV, um, where I think they're going to probably expect a lot more sales long term. Uh, in terms of the actual vehicles themselves, uh, the Bolt increases in size by about like two tenths of an inch, I believe, in terms of width and height. It's it's really not much of a change. Um, the Bolt EUV uh, compared to the Bolt is about six inches longer in total length, and three inches of that uh, specifically goes to rear seat legroom uh, for the second row. So they're really trying to amp up this idea that the EUV is a uh, family, everyday, primary use uh, electric car for a wide number of people. Curiously, however, the, between the Bolt and the EUV, um, the EUV actually has a little bit less headroom in the second row and a little less overall capacity behind the second row seats. Uh, we're talking about like fractions of cubic feet here, um, but it's just the weird way that the interior design ended up working to keep, you know, things aerodynamic and green. Um, so really kind of a strange approach in doing things. Um, but both cars, you know, share a very similar design language in the interior. Like I said, it's modern Chevy. It looks pretty good. It looks like it's going to feel really nice. Uh, GM said that they spent a lot of time listening to current Bolt owners uh, to really see where they need to invest in upgrades. So it's a lot of material upgrades. Um, really, it seems to kind of be pulling the Bolt interior back to where the second generation Volt was, where it went from being this futuristic, crazy, uh, green energy interpretation of what transportation was going to be, and then instead is becoming much more of a normal car, which I think is probably a good way to go. Uh, the Bolt EUV, since it is a little bit more of a crossover style vehicle, is a little bit taller overall in size, but like really you're splitting hairs uh it did not trigger my crossover sense in any way shape or form looking at the pictures and i think you're really gonna have to be looking hard at both cars next to each other to really notice much of a difference um but given where buyers tastes and attentions are going uh the euv really seems to be where the bread has been buttered most when it comes to design uh, because the EUV ends up getting almost all of the major upgrades compared to the regular Bolt. Uh, I, I, I would largely say uh, that this next gen, in air quotes, Bolt 
is really just a redressed carryover of the current generation car. It's got the same 66 kilowatt hour battery. It's got the same uh, electric motor with a single drive uh, transmission. Uh, it makes about 200-ish horsepower, about 266 pound-feet of torque, uh, which means that the car is still going to go 0 to 60 in well under 7 seconds. It's still going to have 250 miles, or sorry, 259 miles of electric range. Um, the real only major upgrade that GM did with the cars is that they are making DC fast charging standard across the board. Um, they have raised the uh, 240 volt charge rate from 7 kilo or sorry 7.7 kilowatt hours to 11, uh, which means that with the right kind of uh, amperage connector, uh, you're going to be able to drink down a lot of juice pretty quickly in these cars uh, on a 240 volt. With the uh, DC fast, both charge at a 55 kilowatt rate. Uh, that is significantly lower than what Ford is doing with the Mach-E, which I think is 100. And, you know, much, 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 much lower uh, than what Porsche is able to do, uh, which I think is like 350 with the Taycan. Um, so GM, the reason why they're doing a lot of this is because, well, it's carryover battery technology, it's carryover charging technology, it's carryover driveline technology. Uh, they're saying that Bolt owners currently don't use DC fast charging all that much, so they didn't really make it much of a priority in the vehicle's uh, design. Uh, and really, because this vehicle is a stopgap between where we're at today with electric motor, uh, transmission, and battery technology, um, you know, this is a this is a stopgap to when the next uh, electric Chevy comes out, which will be an Ultium-based car with the much nicer battery technology, much much nicer motor technology, and will probably be available with all-wheel drive. Uh, Chevy did not offer an all-wheel drive version of the first-generation Bolt. They will not be offering an all-wheel drive version of the Bolt or the Bolt EUV. And, you know, I think you can kind of buy into that argument where the current drivers really don't want it or need it. And while it would be really nice, it would have increased uh, development time and development costs, and in the end, probably wouldn't have netted them that many more sales compared to what Ford, uh, Nissan, Tesla, and so many more are going to be having with their current systems. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, the, the EUV, like I said, really got a lot more of attention. So the EUV is going to have a panoramic sunroof available as an option, which is something that Bolt drivers have been asking for for a long time. Uh, the EUV will also have available Super Cruise, um, which the regular Bolt does not have available. Uh, this is a Super Cruise 1.0 system, so it's going to be very similar to what was in the Cadillac CT6, um, and it will not be the 2.0 system that's going to be out in the new Escalade uh, CT4, CT5, and the new Hummer uh, EV. Um, so this first-generation system, you know, is pretty good, pretty well-reviewed. It's got a few hiccups here and there, um, but, you know, it's got 320,000 mapped miles of highway across the United States and Canada, so you're basically going to be able to go from point A to point B in most well-traveled places uh, without having to touch the steering wheel or pedals. As long as your eyes forward and you're paying attention, uh, you're good to go. And that is a pretty big deal. 
Chevrolet also announced that these cars are both going to include a lot of standard active safety features that had previously been optional, uh, including like, I think it's like blind spot detection, lane keep assist, uh, pedestrian safety detection, automatic emergency braking, so on and so forth. Uh, radar cruise control is going to be an option on both cars. And then, like I said, super cruise is the next step above, but only for the EUV. Um, overall, you know, these two things, sharing so much with the outgoing car, um, means that, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of added cost to building both of these. Uh, GM is going to be offering both vehicles with significant price cuts compared to the outgoing car um, because of how they've designed it. So the new Bolt is going to start at just a hair under $32,000, and the new Bolt EUV will start for a hair under $35,000. Uh, this is an interesting entry point because this undercuts where the Mustang Mach-E even begins in its lowest configuration and trim. Uh, dollars to donuts by what? $3,000, $3,500 dollars, um, which is not nothing. Uh, this undercuts the Tesla Model Y standard range by uh, a little over five grand. Um, the Chevy has, at least in the Bolt EUV configuration, 250 miles of range. Uh, that is significantly more than the standard range battery, Mach-E, and uh, Model Y, which are both in the low 200 to 230 range. Um, I think the Chevy, you know, really positions itself well in terms of price, content, range, charging capability, and more. And I think Chevy really kind of targeting that middle-of-the-road buyer who doesn't want that weird, you know, numbers, attention-grabbing Tesla performance and doesn't need the crazy styling of the Mustang. You know, they just want a car to go A to B. They want to be able to have a car that's, you know, got a proven, reliable battery and transmission and engine, or excuse me, motor. Uh, the Chevy really seems to be the way to go. And the other curious thing here is that Compared to the Mach-E, uh, Ford is not letting you roll that $7,500 tax credit into your lease rate. Uh, leases on Mach-E's are insanely expensive. It is crazy how pricey they are right now. Um, and it's because Ford doesn't want to lose their shirt on uh, lease rates with these cars. Versus GM, who's been doing lease rates on Volts and Bolts for years and years and years. They roll those uh, incentives into the price of the vehicle. They put a lot of dollars on the hood as it is. So do dealers in many instances. And you're able to lease Bolts for, you know, pretty attractive prices and rates. I think, what was it, this out past fall, you could pick up a brand new Bolt in many states for, I think it was like three three, three and a half thousand dollars down, pretty normal amount, uh, for like $1.99 a month, uh, sometimes even less than that in some states, uh, which is absolutely bonkers crazy. If you could do that on an EUV, let's say, let's just say less than $250 a month, uh, you know, no gasoline, uh, basically no maintenance costs. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it, it just seems like such a straightforward, stupid yes of an answer. I mean, it's it, it, it just makes so much sense. And yet I know that people are going to drag their heels and, you know, dig in their feet and not want to do it. And it sucks because this is genuinely going to be a very good little car for a very little amount of money. And I think in the end, 
I hope that Chevrolet sells quite a few. I really genuinely hope that they do. Um, but I think the smart way to do it, at least initially, is going to be to do a lease, not a full-out buy, um, unless you're totally fine with, you know, riding with the car for a long, long time. Um, leasing these things are going to be a smart way to go, and I'm really curious to see uh, how Chevrolet prices those leases in the not-too-distant future. Now, the fly in the ointment for the EUV right now is the Nissan Aria. Uh, we still don't have a lot of announcements and information about what the U.S. spec Aria will be, um, but we do know, at least in Europe and Asia, uh, that the vehicle will be available in front or all-wheel drive. Um, it will have a standard 64 kilowatt-hour battery and an optional, I think it's like a 90-some-odd kilowatt-hour battery. Um, that top tier model with the big battery will be available in front wheel drive which will be the best overall most efficient model when it does come out i think that one's going to have well over 300 miles of electric range um, which does put the chevy a little bit further down the list in terms of overall capabilities um, but we still don't really know where nissan's going to be pricing this thing and it's still not super clear on where sizing of the vehicle will be because um, that's kind of the one weird thing with the Mach-E uh, and the Model Y. The Model Y and the Mach-E, you know, they're both kind of weirdly sized in shape. Uh, if you haven't seen a Mach-E, it's somewhere close to the overall length of a Ford Edge, give or take, but like the interior space is supposed to be somewhat similar to the Ford Escape. Um, whereas the Model Y, of course, is based on the Model 3, which is somewhere close to a 3 Series in terms of overall interior space, which would put it in pretty close contention to the X3, which, you know, is a pretty big vehicle. The Aria is going to share some of its bits and bobs with the Leaf, and the Leaf is something around the size of a Focus, which would be give or take around the size of a, of a, a Ford Escape. Ah, it's a lot of names and numbers and other things. Uh, I, I'm guessing that the Aria is going to probably be much closer in size to the uh, Chevy EUV than the Mach-E. Um, but the Aria, my best guess, is still going to probably start right around $40,000, which is where the Mach-E is. And the Chevy is still going to be undercutting that uh, by quite a bit. And with the amount of standard equipment that GM is going to be putting in this car, again, that's a pretty good deal when the deal is done at the dealership. I mean, I, I'm really blown away by the kind of value that GM's going to be driving home in these things, and it really does set a good standard for where the Ultium cars are going to be going in the not-too-distant future, because like I've said on this podcast dozens and dozens and dozens of times, where it was a question not that long ago of who can get below $50,000 and get over 200 miles of range, and then it was who can get over 230 miles of range for $40,000 and now it seems to be 250,000 or sorry 250 miles of range for closer to 35 or less uh we're we're getting down to that $30,000 price range that really seems to be where people are waiting to buy in to electric cars and i think the Bolt and the Bolt EUV are going to be the first cars to really get into that because let's just be honest GM being GM it will only be a short matter of time before they put uh, their own incentives on the Bolt in the EUV, and it will be a very short amount of time before dealers themselves uh, put some deals on them as well. So I would not be surprised to see uh, a low to mid-trim EUV available before the end of the calendar year of 2021 uh, for less than thirty grand, which would be a fantastic steal for a brand new car. So... 
yeah, that is that about the Chevy Bolt and Bolt EV. I know I've waxed poetic about these cars. Uh, I know it's fairly well known that I simp for GM on a fairly regular basis, but I think this is definitely an instance where uh, they certainly deserve it because they did the work, and that's really what matters uh, in the EV game these days. I'd be really curious to know what you guys think in terms of where you would want to spend your money. Um, are you still solidly in the Tesla Model Y, Ford Mach-E, Nissan Aria camp? Um, you know, dollars to donuts, I think the Mach-E is still probably the best one to get right now in the broadest sense, maybe. Uh, you know, I, I would have firmly said two or three days ago, no way. Maki, 100%, forever and ever, no question. Uh, but now knowing how cheap the EUV is, eh, they kind of got me, and I wasn't expecting it. So, yeah, I'd be curious to hear uh, what some of you guys think. Well, anyway, guys, uh, that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Charge or Die podcast. Like I said, up at the top, we make this thing available on basically every podcasting platform, including Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Iceman. That's Y-S-S-M-A-N. And, uh, yeah, if we've got more car news later this week, which I know we're going to be speeding towards the Hyundai Ionic 5 announcement very, very soon, uh, we'll do another episode. But until then, guys, drive safe, stay warm if you are affected by these crazy cold temperatures going across the United States and Canada right now, uh, and we will see you on the next episode of the Charge or Die podcast. 